Hey everybody, uh, Lucky Rolls, greening out. I've pulled up today above South Curl Curl and the ocean is about 10 meters away from me. So I'm sorry if that's causing quite a racket in the background. Hopefully you can still hear me. Um, today's episode is a story really in a follow-up to what I wrote yesterday about super trawlers. I've been doing a lot of research about super trawlers because like I wrote, they are literally one of the scariest things I can possibly imagine. I mean, I'm sitting here looking out over the ocean now and super trawlers are just these monsters of the sea that indiscriminately collect up whatever is unfortunate enough to be in their path and they can follow large schools of fish and, and I guess try and target their catch but they have no method of monitoring exactly what animals get caught in their nets and there's been a lot of controversy in the past particularly in Australia we've only really had to contend with two super trawlers uh, but one of which was responsible for countless deaths of bird life like albatrosses and gulls and heaps of dolphins and seals and there was uh, quite a chilling but iconic image of a whale shark which is an endangered species um, up on the decks of one of these super trawlers because they've got no way of of measuring which organisms they're they're catching in their nets anyway so this story i was doing my research about super trawlers and i've just stumbled across a couple of things that really pinged my interest and i've been weaving together a story which really started in the 90s actually and is and is still ongoing it's unresolved um, and it involves fishing companies both domestic and international it involves super trawlers it involves money of course and how money is standing again in the way of sustainability or really most people's definition of sustainability seems to be about economic sustainability rather than environmental sustainability um, and this story also involves uh, a politician of our own, a liberal politician, career politician called Eric Abetz. I don't know who knows, who of you know about Eric Abetz. He's a German-born uh, but Australian citizen and yeah, lifelong member of the Liberal Party um, and a Tasmanian dude, but plays quite a pivotal role in this story. Um, let's start in the year 2000, actually. Seafish Tasmania was a company uh, started, that started in the year 2000 on the east coast of Tasmania uh, using primarily one 800-ton large trawler and two smaller contract vessels to trawl up and down the east coast of Tasmania, uh, mainly fishing for products that they would then take to a facility and process, that word being in inverted commas, process. I'm not really sure what process means, but I gather what they were doing is just mashing all their stock together and then churning out fish fingers or some shit. Um, they also produced a lot of red bait, which is the primary bait for longline fishing. Longline fishing is where boats just leave kilometer long, multiple kilometer long lines at the back uh, and of their boats. And just like super trawler nets, it's completely indiscriminate which animals they pick up and which don't. So there's a lot of really scary and sad and, but again, iconic imagery of seals and whales getting caught up in longline fishing. But that's a whole other kettle of fish, if you will. Um, oh, rolls, that was rock bottom. Uh, anyway. So Seafish Tasmania operating from 2000 onwards. Uh, in 2008, Seafish Tasmania received a grant of $150,000. That was a Commonwealth grant. Um, and I didn't get to the bottom of exactly what basis that grant was given, but I imagine it's because their catch and their trade was large enough that it was in the interests of the national economy. Anyway, in 2006, wind back two years, Eric Abetz, steps into office in Canberra as a Tasmanian senator. Well, traditionally Tasmanian senator, but stepped into a, a special role 
It was literally, it's called Special Minister for Fisheries, Forestry and Conservation. And I guess he was sort of like a specific advisor or consultant for the Howard government. Um, and that was 2006, 2007. That office was since abolished after he left, which is a little bit spooky if you ask me that he, you know, this title, this office was only existed for one man, Eric Abetz. So it, it sends a little bit of an alarm bell up in my head why, why he manufactured that, well, it seems like he manufactured that job for himself and then abandoned it two years later. Anyway, in 2008, um, he, Eric Abetz was the deputy leader of the opposition in the Senate representing the Liberal Party. Um, but again, this $150,000 that Seafish received was a Commonwealth grant. And yeah, like I say, presumably in their, it's because their catch and their trade was large enough that it was in the interest of the national economy. Uh, in 2012, Seafish Tasmania received another Commonwealth grant, this time of $420,000. Abetz at this time was Minister for Employment in Tony Abbott's cabinet. This is 2012, they received their second grant, this time $420,000, nearly half a million. Um, in 2012, also, it is worth noting that Seafish Tasmania was acquired by a Dutch parent company called Palavliet and Vanderplas. They are a fishing monolith from the, uh, the European Union. I think they're based in the Netherlands. Those, that name, Palavliet and Vanderplas, that, that's two surnames of, the, of these two directors who uh, are both from the Netherlands and run this fishing gargantuan fishing company. Uh, who acquired Seafish Tasmania in 2012. Shortly after, Seafish Tasmania was then granted $420,000. And shortly after that, Seafish Tasmania turned up with the biggest super trawler that Australia had ever seen. This was the FV Margiris. I think I'm saying that right. It's, a, it's an interesting word. And it was, uh, it's not the only name that that boat has had. And in maritime circles, it's extremely, there's a lot of superstition about giving a the one boat multiple names but it's also been under the name the Abel Tasman but it arrived in 2012 as the FV Margiris and it's about 140 meters long it's one of the biggest super trawlers in the entire world and it is owned by Palavliet and Vanderplas who recently acquired Seafish Tasmania so if we just take stock and uh, stock but look at where we are we're standing in 2012 Seafish Tasmania has just changed hands and just been given a huge cash injection. And then they've got the, their hands on the biggest super trawler, which was about to start trawling around Tasmania. Greenpeace and other activists were very quick to take up arms in opposition to the operation of that super trawler. And it was to great success. Uh, F.V. Margiris never fished in Australian waters and in 2013 departed permanently. And we never saw it again. And it was a huge win for Australia's environmentalists. Uh, so that was, that was sort of the end of that. And then if we fast forward to 2014, Eric Abetz, still Minister for Employment, this time gives another Tasmanian fishing company, this one called Tassel or Tassal, or again, not sure how you say it, T-A-S-S-A-L. Abetz gave Tassal, Tassel in 2014, gave them $3.85 million dollars. That is, an, as a, again, as a Commonwealth grant. And that was what really pinged my interest because suddenly we've got this Abetz guy who is, you know, not necessarily a nefarious character yet, but certainly a character appearing throughout this whole timeline. Suddenly, 
doing a lot of, you know, doing traditionally doing a lot of favors for Seafish Tasmania and its new Dutch parent company, then suddenly giving an almost four million dollars to Seafish Tasmania's competitor Tassel. And I was like, why would Erica Betts do that? Why would he jump ship that quickly? Particularly with this weird caveat that he gave and was quoted in the media saying, it will be hard to justify ongoing expenditure of this type, which was like quite a weird thing for him to say. But then, sorry, this is, I'm trying to piece this together still because it's such a complex story, but bear with me. So we've gone from 2008, first donation or Commonwealth grant given to Seafish. 2012, second Commonwealth grant given to Seafish and the amalgamation with the Dutch company and the arrival of the biggest super trawler. 2013, the super trawler leaves because Australian people won't have it. 2014, Erica Betts, the same politician, gives Tassel almost $4 million to increase their fishing operations in Tasmania in direct competition with the very people that he seemed to have been propping up over the last five years. Fast forward to 2015, who arrives, or who, I shouldn't anthropomorphize a fucking super trawler, but what arrives, another of these crazy boats, this one called the Geelong Star. Now the Geelong Star is 95 meters long. So if we go back to 2012, when the Margiris arrived and when Seafish Tasmania seemed to be on the up and it looked like Tasmanian fishing stocks were facing some serious danger. In 2012, there were amendments made to the EPBC Act, which is the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, granting it or enforcing a temporary ban on super trawlers. But it seems like the Dutch company knew that our current, or back then, what our current environmental legislation was, didn't account for a vessel that was 140 metres long. And if you go back in the Senate, or the House of Representatives and the Senate Hansards, you can go back and you can see that it is stipulated in the House that it is unprecedented. And the fact that that vessel and its appearance in Australian waters was unprecedented, also meant that its impact on the surrounding ecology was completely unprecedented as well. And our government of the day then should be applauded for recognising that and for vocalising that in the House. That's why Margiris ended up getting banned, because whilst there was a lot of lobbying from Greenpeace and various environmental activists, there was also politicians making amendments to the EPBC Act to define a super trawler as any boat exceeding 130 metres. So the Margiris being 140 metres got sent home. Suddenly the waters are clear for a while, but then in 2015, three years after that amendment to the law was made, the Geelong Star turns up at only 95 metres. And guess what? The Geelong Star is owned by the exact same Dutch parent company, Palavliet and Vanderplas. So that tells me that Palavliet and Vanderplas got dismissed in 2012 with Supertroller Margiris at 140 metres, went back to the Netherlands seemingly with their tails between their legs, but then returned with a vessel that they knew would be within Australian law to fish in Australian waters. But again, they didn't account for the resilience of the Australian public. We were fucking outraged at the arrival of the Geelong Star. I don't think it was made specifically transparent that it was owned by the same people, which is somewhat disappointing, but redundant in this case because the result was the same. There was enough lobbying that the Geelong Star got sent off as well. And it was another huge win for environmental activists.
And then, fast forward to 2016. I'm not sure who remembers the headlines. This was just last year of a $350 million drug ring intercepted by police with seizure of 1.1 tonne of cocaine and heroin. I'm not sure if the heroin was in that 1.1 tonnes, but I know it was 1.1 tonne of cocaine and heroin as well. And it had street value of $350 million. But guess what? It was being operated using vessels owned by Palavliet and Vanderplas, including, allegedly, the Geelong Star. This is 2016. Now let's go back to 2014. Eric Abetz giving Tassel $4 million. And how that sort of didn't add up considering how much he had been endorsing Seafish Tasmania and Palavliet Vanderplas and giving them all of the Commonwealth grants. Then their operation got denied in 2012. Suddenly 2014 rolls around. Abetz gives Tassel all that money. 2015, Palavliet Vanderplas arrive back on scene with another boat that's going to fall within Australian legislation. There's just a lot of fuckery going on. None of it seemed to add up for me. So I did a bit of research about Erica Betts and what his role has been from start to finish in all this. Now, here's where it got really interesting for me. Erica Betts is a career politician for the Liberal Party. In 1997, Eric Betts was part of a parliamentary delegation that visited Europe, namely the UK, the Netherlands and Belgium. So, here's where I'm going to start getting into some conjecture, and I would like to make that very clear so I avoid any potential, I don't know, like defamation or whatever. But I'm trying to fill in some gaps here, and here's my supposition. My supposition is that Abetz visits the UK, Netherlands, and Belgium in 1997. He meets directors Parlevliet and Vanderplas, that big European fishing company who then had no financial interests in Australia. But it's my supposition that they must have rubbed shoulders and those boys might have suggested that, hey, dude, Abetz, listen up. Australia is positioned insanely well for the future global fishery market. I think those Palavliet Vanderplas boys knew that Tasmania was a fishing hotspot and a gold mine for factory fishing in the future. So I reckon maybe they might have rubbed shoulders and given a bet some sort of an endorsement, be it financial or a little hand job under the table or whatever you want to call it. Again, conjecture, everyone chill. <laughs> um, anyway, Seafish Tasmania then establishes in 2000. 2008, Seafish got their first grant. 2012, suddenly those same boys, Palavliet and Vanderplas, acquire Seafish Tasmania, which has in the meantime been propped up and the beneficiary of Erica Betts in government giving them Commonwealth grants. So maybe it was a very long-term plan hatched in the 90s where the Dutch boys suggested that they would have financial interest in joining the Australian market or fishing in Australian waters in the near future and they gave Erica Betts some sort of endorsement or some sort of incentive to pave the way for their arrival into the Australian market and seemingly Abetz failed at that because they turned up in 2012 guns blazing ready to go with a 140 meter long super trawler Abetz did not count on the fact that that super trawler would be denied and imagine the bad faith if any of this was true 
from those Dutch directors towards Abetz, who they're looking at Abetz going, dude, what the fuck? You said you'd have this sorted. And Abetz is like, well, I thought I did. I gave you guys almost half a million dollars. I found you a nice local company for you to buy. That's another interesting part because in 2012, when Palavlia Vanderplas acquired Seafish Tasmania, Seafish Tasmania at that time had one director from Australia and two directors from the Netherlands, Palavlia and Vanderplas themselves. Then if you go back on the ASIC company registration history, you can see that in 2012, it was re-registered under the new parent company from, from the Netherlands. Then one month afterwards, a new director from the UK, Jerry Gein, Gerald Gein, came on board. And shortly after that, the sole Australian director resigned. So suddenly you've got this entirely European controlled company operating in Tasmania with one director from the UK and two directors from the Netherlands. Now, remembering back that Erica Betts had his trip in 97, specifically to the UK, the Netherlands and Belgium. So it just seems like it's too convenient for him not to have had some sort of part. And it, I've done a lot of reading and there's a lot of articles that suggest that Gerald Gein, the new director for Seafish Tasmania slash Palavlia Vanderplas, was good mates with Erica Betts perhaps from a relationship that they began in 1997 when they started rubbing shoulders the very first time. Who knows? Now, there's another twist in this story from that big momentous year in 2012. So if we recap on what's happened in 2012 so far, Seafish Tasmania acquired by Palavlia Vanderplas. Seafish Tasmania receives $420,000, a second grant. Seafish Tasmania also turns up with a brand spanking new contracted vessel called Margiris, one of the world's biggest super trawlers. That super trawler gets denied. In 2012, Seafish Tasmania were caught dumping over 1,200 truckloads of fish waste on private property in Tasmania. And that's just a little salt and pepper for this situation for me because maybe, again, conjecture and stop me if I'm getting wildly creative here, but, or you can't stop me, I'm on a a podcast, that's the beauty of this whole thing, (laughs) fucking listen or don't, but it seems to me like maybe that was some sort of retribution towards Erica Betts where Seafish Tasmania slash Palavliet Vanderplas knew that they had Erica Betts in their back pocket. And then when Erica Betts didn't hold up his end of the bargain, which was allowing the Margiris to operate in Tasmanian waters, Seafish Tasmania were like, well, fuck you, man. And then they went off and dumped over 1,200 truckloads of fishing waste on private property, knowing that Erica Betts wouldn't really do anything about it because he would risk exposing potential endorsement in the past. Shit, I don't know. That sounds, it's a wild allegation and it's not an allegation. This is just me concocting a story in the back of my bloody truck sitting above Curl Curl Beach. But it is a compelling story nonetheless. Because then in 2012, Seafish Tasmania did get caught doing that. And only last year, 2016, did the Tasmanian EPA finally win a case against them for that very incident. However, the case ran charges, cost the EPA over 100 grand, and the fine that Seafish Tasmania got was like 140 grand. So, as far as a net gain goes, 40 grand is pretty paltry for two full years of investigative work. Oh, pardon me, four full years of investigative work to get a final result in court last year against Seafish Tasmania. But anyway, just so it's, it's hectic. It, it, it blows my mind that there's potential corruption or, or whatever, what would you call it? it it's. 
it's an insanely complex narrative. Um, and hopefully you understand why now I'm being a little bit scrambled and a bit all over the place in, in delivering this because it's such a complex story and there's so many moving parts, but it seems to all add up to me. Um, and it's, it's got another interesting turn as well. I know, another. I've said that like four times already. It's got another interesting turn. Well, this was an interesting turn for me as well because 2014, you'll remember that Erica Betts gave Tassel $4 million or just shy of $4 million. Now, if, if we go with my narrative here, then that's assuming that 2012, Seafish Tasmania gets acquired, gets their grant, gets their super trawler, gets denied, dumps a bunch of waste in retribution. Erica Betts sort of has his hands tied behind his back financially, then in 2014 gives Tassel $4 million. So it seems like maybe Eric Abet started backtracking real quickly when he, when, I, I don't know, I don't know why he started backtracking really quickly, but after giving Tassel that $4 million, here's where it gets pretty insane. Tassel is a local Tasmanian company. You know, it's got a, it's got a, as true blue an image as you could ask for. It's, it was started in 1986, so, so what does that make it? 40 years old, you know, true blue Aussie company. And the questions that now beg, I wonder whether Tassel put this all together as well. And then Tassel approached a bets and said, hey dude, we know what you've been up to with Seafish Tasmania and the Dutch boys. We're going to blackmail you. Or did Abetz just fall out of love with the Dutch because he didn't deliver on his plan to allow them to operate their super trawler? But in my opinion, maybe it's it's not out of the question that someone at Tassel figured out the corruption and blackmailed him and maybe suggested that reparation would be in the form of an even bigger handout than the 150000 and 420000 that Abetz had previously given to Seafish Tasmania. Maybe they suggested reparation would be in the form of a bigger handout to a domestic company rather than a foreign-owned entity. Anyway, Tassel itself is no angel as far as environmental sustainability is concerned. In 2015-16, it was revealed that they committed a string of serious environmental breaches, um, namely filling their farmed salmon with illegal antibiotics to make their flesh turn pink because farmed salmon otherwise has grey flesh, but they wanted it to reflect wild-caught salmon. So they inject it with these crazy antibiotics to make the flesh turn pink, which I think has quite harmful implications for human health. Um, and they were also in a lot of trouble from overfishing in a World Heritage-listed marine reserve. I think it was called Macquarie Harbour. Anyway, they were ordered to remove all their fishing stocks from Macquarie Harbour by February of this year, which they failed to do. Um, which is scary because it seems like Tassel is almost the antagonist in uh, the protagonist in this situation where we've got this big brooding evil Dutch giant called Palavliet van der Plas committing all sorts of environmental treason and Tassel comes along going, hey guys, we're going to put a stop to all of this and we're going to financially profit from it as well. But then they've been up to all sorts of shady shit as well. So Tassel owns uh, Decosti Seafoods and a couple of other interesting, uh, I think one's called like Smokehouse Salmon and these different brands which are all associated with dodgy sustainability practices. It's so important to be up to date on where your food is, comes from before you eat it because if you're eating it, you're endorsing these dodgy practices. You're basically saying, yeah, I'll give you more money to continue doing the same thing. Anyway, 2016 was that really interesting part for me because that drug situation was insane. That was an incredibly complex network of drug shipments. Um, but that is another curveball to this whole Erica Betts situation. It makes me wonder, did Erica Betts 
see that there was some shady shit going on at Palavli at Vanderplas and did he want out? Did he realise that they were starting to lend their logistics to international drug cartels? And then Eric Abetz was like, all right, well, now that's enough. That's too much for me. I've had enough. I'm out. I want out and started endorsing another company. It's, uh, it's a fascinating situation. Eric Abetz is an interesting dude. He, you know, German origin, but Australian citizenship. He is a staunch Christian. Um, he's part of a bunch of conservative Christian groups. He's a really outspoken uh, against same-sex marriage, which um, says a lot about his character in this day and age. Um, he's also, and look, I'll say this, and I'd like everyone to keep an open mind because we don't judge people for who they're related to, but... Eric Abetz is great. Is the great nephew of Otto Abetz, who was a brigadier general in the Nazi forces uh, stationed in France by Hitler. And Otto Abetz served 20 years for crimes against humanity for his role in transporting French Jews to death camps during World War II. So that's a direct relative of Eric Abetz. Again, we don't judge people from who they're related to, but it's an interesting, a bit of an interesting background color to this whole story and to to. Jesus, to the shit that goes on that you don't think about, like, or you think about how much insane intercontinental environmental, political, economic treason goes on while we're living our lives, while we're sitting in cafes, drinking long blacks, talking shit, going surfing, and there's these wild, wild puzzles that are all have so many moving parts, and 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 are, they're get It just seems to me. I know I always get. I think I get held back by how emotional I get about this subject, but it seems to me that what these enormous super trawlers are doing, it's nothing short of a crime against humanity itself. I mean, the way that they are completely raping the oceans and pillaging the world's fish stocks, that's going to have implications on global ecology, not just for the next five years, but indefinitely. I mean, we have irreparably re-engineered environmental pathways to the point where they'll it's almost a guarantee that they'll never return to their natural operational levels. Um, anyway, look, I suppose I should conclude this with a sincere thank you for following me through this whole fucking down the garden path because this was me into late last night. I discovered a couple of these things, namely when Eric Abetz suddenly gave a, a huge loan, a gargantuan loan to a different company and I was like, oh, I'll tug on that thread. I want to find out more about this. So... I don't think I've synthesized it all that well, but hopefully you get the idea um, of why I was interested. And I encourage you to do more reading about it because it's absolutely fascinating stuff. I mean, it's it's terrifying to know that our politicians can be so easily bought and sold and have such an integral role on, on progress, on, on how we conduct ourselves as a collective human species. Um, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Oh, and in case you're wondering where the Margiris is right now, uh, well, it's been, since it got dismissed in 2013, Margiris sailed off, I think, through French Polynesia, through the South Pacific, around that area. I think it ended up in West Africa and was implicated in a story where it allegedly dumped 1.5 million kilograms of edible herring simply to make room in their freezers for more valuable fish that they had found. So that's the ethics of Palavli at Vanderplas, the Dutch parent company that runs these super trawlers. They have no fucking regard for environmental sustainability and to such a frightening degree that they've got multiple boats. Margiris and the Geelong Star aren't the only boats that this company, this monstrous company runs. And this is the way they run them. It's, um, it's horrifying stuff. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, Hopefully you're not greeting out too much. (laughs) Bye.